0: Welcome to a special Bracket Buster episode of Sun Like It Pop. I'm Matt Tamanini, and as always, I'm joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, do you have your NCAA tournament bracket filled out and ready to go yet?
1: I do. I uh, finished it this morning. and probably look at it once more before the day is over today.
0: All right. We are recording on Wednesday, so the NCAA basketball tournament March Madness officially starts at noon, tomorrow, Thursday, March 17th for those of you who are familiar with how brackets work, which we realize we are probably talking to a very small percentage uh, of our listeners. Uh, They have to be in before the first tip off, so we've got about 12 hours and 40 minutes before they have to be finished so I've got some work to do on mine still Jen it sounds like you're gonna give yours another once over so hopefully we'll get through this podcast quickly and we can get to the really important work um, you can follow Jen on Twitter at Eponine Q, that's E-P-O-N-I-N-E-Q you can follow me at B-W-W-M-A-T-T you can find all episodes of Some Like It Pop including list of Paloozas special mini episodes all on Broadway World and you can also get them now on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play so please Subscribe so that you can get every episode of Some Like It Pop as soon as it's available. And then share the sheer all-encompassing joy that is Some Like It Pop with everyone you know. Now, Jen, uh, we we kind of worked together for about six months starting in 2014 before NCAA, the NCAA basketball tournament started a year ago. And it was at that time that I really began to feel a connection with you because I found out that we both consider the first day of the basketball tournament a national holiday. So, so what is it about this sporting event, this television event that is so special for you?
1: Well, for Thursday and Friday for me, like it's two of the best days of the year and I I was raised as a sports fan. I have six older brothers. And it was just really a survival <laughs> a mechanism. But we always got really into the, into the NCAA tournament. It's just really exciting just going from 64 teams to 16 in four days. That's an insane amount of basketball and stamina. And it's just really easy to get caught up in it. And even if you really don't know what you're doing, filling out a bracket can be really fun. And, and you, you find yourself really invested in teams and schools and upsets and buzzer beaters. And all of a sudden, it just gets really exciting.
0: Yeah, for me, this is... Much bigger, much more exciting than the Super Bowl Obviously, I'm a huge sports fan I worked in sports when I got out of college Before I got into theater and other stuff But um, this, to me, is the most exciting event Obviously, there's my beloved Ohio State football uh, which, Which I love but in terms of just big picture events, this is the best. Like you said, whether you are a huge sports fan or not, and I have to admit I have not watched a lot of college basketball this year, but I'm still going to live and die with every pick on my bracket. So uh, there's nothing like it. And I wish we could find a kind of capture that in the theatrical world. Because if we could get that kind of excitement going around Tony's season, that would be really cool. So uh, it it doesn't normally work, even if you do like kind of the the predictions on the Tony Awards, you don't have that same excitement. But it is something very special with the NCAA tournament. Jen, you will be working. I will be working tomorrow during the games or today, because when it comes out, it'll be Thursday. Um, we will both be working while games are going on. Imagine there was a world where money was no issue. We didn't have to work or we could just take the day off. What would you be doing to watch these games?
1: Well, if I couldn't be in one of the locations to watch the actual games, then I think Vegas would be the only option. Oh,
0: yeah. Good. Very good.
1: <laughs> but I, they, they usually do have some in the general area here in Southern California. I don't know if there's any this year, but they have played them in Anaheim. They have played them at poly Pavilion at UCLA, but I didn't see any around this year.
0: I, I hadn't thought about... Doing in a, uh, going to a sports book and watching there. That's, uh, that's a really good idea. It actually is very similar to the way I watched games when I was in college for a couple years. When I was in school, Ohio State was on the quarter system. They've now gone to semesters. But on the quarter system, spring break often fell during the first week of that tournament. And so for two years, I don't exactly remember what years they were, a group of my high school friends who I also went to college with, we would go and set up shop at a sports restaurant in our hometown For really those entire first two days It was the early 2000s And it was before kind of sports bars had thousands of TVs And and it was before even all of the games were on TV It was just whatever game was on your local CBS affiliate So you had to kind of just Follow along on their little tickers to figure out what the other games were, but we went to a Damon's, which was this restaurant that I worked at for a couple of years, and they had four huge projection screens, and that was when there was only four games on at a time. There was a, you know, there were four game windows, so you could watch every game, and uh, well, the best part was there was a speaker on each table, and you could control which audio you heard, so we could flip. Essentially, the audio, follow each game. We would get there at about 11.45 in the morning. We would stay until the very last game was over. We would eat. We would watch. We would talk smack. Of course, there's a big bracket wager there. And this was before, it wasn't before cell phones, but it was before smartphones. So you really couldn't follow along, you know, on Twitter or anything. So we just hung out for those two days. For way too much time Spent way too much money And that for me is what the NCAA tournament is about It's that excitement, it's about that camaraderie It's about the trash talking your friends uh, And family members And that's one of my favorite memories Of not only college But of my entire fandom uh, In sports as well So if I could go back to anything It would be going back to that Damons and watching them Even though it burnt down I think at some point
1: Oh, that took a dark turn. Well, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, no no one got hurt. Okay, good.
0: But do you have any favorite memories of of watching the tournament, either in person or with your brothers or anything like that?
1: I do. um, My family is split between loving North Carolina basketball and absolutely, like, hating it. So there's a certain half that worships Duke and worships UNC, and then there's the rest of us who think that they're the – <laughs> devils um but yeah, yeah,
0: no pun intended
1: insider joke my favorite memory and i can't remember what year it was but they show the clip of it all the time when they do the montages when a num- number 15 took out a number 2 and they pick up the coach and run across the floor with him do you know what game i'm talking about uh,
0: number 15 no i i thought you were going to talk about the christian Leitner shot
1: oh, i hate christian Leitner. he's a dick um
0: <laughs> okay so i now know which side of the duke north carolina uh, yeah. battle you're on
1: the devil. Um, but it's, I, I want to say it was like Hampton or it begins with an H and it was a number 15 seed. It took out a number two seed in the oh, first round. Oh, the seed. Round. Okay.
0: I thought you were talking about jersey numbers. Yeah, Hampton.
1: Oh, no, no. And then t- they took down a number two seed in the first round and it was just, I just remember my brothers like screaming and jumping and running around and I was like, this is insane. And also, <laughs> which could get me in trouble, but last year when I was at work, um, you know, keeping the ESPN screen up in the background, watching the numbers change and then seeing a, like a buzzer beater upset and going like screaming at my desk and everyone looking at me and I just yelled spider <laughs> <laughs> and I slammed my desk and I'm not really good at hiding that I'm not working but I'm totally going to be working all day today I totally totally am
0: yeah good thing none of your coworkers listen to this podcast oh no, huh? no
1: hey guys <laughs> hey
0: hey how's it going um <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned your apparent hatred for duke uh this I one do, will be right do. up your alley in in 2002, somehow my dad, I don't know if it was through work or something, my dad got tickets to the Sweet 16 games at Rupp Arena in Kentucky, and my brother and I drove down from Columbus, Ohio, and we saw Indiana beat Duke in a one-point game to go to the Elite Eight. And, and eventually Indiana went to the Final Four. We also saw a number 10 seed Kent State uh, upset Pitt, who was a three seed. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot of it because, as Jen knows, I – Don't really remember anything That's not like a stupid Trivia of a movie Or play or something But it was really cool To do that with my brother And it was also really cool To be in Rupp Arena I mean one of the most Famous arenas In college sports Even if Kentucky Wasn't playing It was still really cool The uh, My other I don't know if it's a favorite memory, but my freshman year of college, like I said, our spring break often fell in line with the first round of the tournament. Some roommates of mine and I drove to Nashville to see Ohio State play, but we stopped at one of my roommate's houses in Cincinnati, and he had dogs, and I am deathly allergic to dogs, so I ended up having to go to the emergency room overnight. Um, We made it to Nashville in time for the games. We were just a little later than uh, anticipated, but if it takes... An emergency room trip to get to see Ohio State in the NCAA tournament. That's how literally diehard of a fan I am.
1: Yeah, and I'm I always root for the underdogs. I always root for the upsets. I hate like the huge schools, and I hate Ohio State. You know that. Nothing yeah. against you, but I love your band. Your marching band is the best in the world. But best damn band um, in the land. But besides duke and unc like i think the sec is just the devil incarnate so anytime florida or anybody down there is involved i just i root absolutely against them but i love when the smaller schools come back like the vcu run and the butler run like james madison yeah that's when it all gets magical like just seeing these kids who are having the time of their lives and I don't know. I just – it's very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and like you said, it is the time of their lives because they're – for a lot of these small schools, their players aren't going to go on to play in the NCAA – or uh, in the NBA. They're not going to go play in Europe. This is their – the biggest moment of their athletic career. And to see how much emotion and how much work and how much, you know, pardon the cliche, blood, sweat, and tears they put into this and to have a moment where David slays Goliath is is really cool. And that's what makes this event – so special because with the Super Bowl, even if an underdog wins like the Broncos did, they weren't necessarily expected to beat the Panthers this year, but they were still like two of the two or three best teams. In. And they
1: had a one and two shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, if that's the thing. If, like you said, a, a number 15 seed beating a number two, that doesn't happen very often. There's never been a 16 to beat a one, but there's still that chance at this school that, you know... Is no uh, nowhere on the map In terms of, of the hierarchy Of college basketball could win And even if it's just a win uh, one or two Games it's still really special So you're right that absolutely is What makes this tournament so great and I will Give you something this is like kind of What's those, uh, those paradoxes Where every, it's a lose lose situation I can't think of the right name but in the NIT tournament, my beloved Ohio State Buckeyes, who did, despite having 21 wins this season, did not make the NCAA tournament, they will be facing the Florida Gators in the second round of the uh, NIT tournament this week. So, pick your I poison. for
1: Ohio State. Thank
0: you. Well, good. That's good. I'm glad. Okay. So, going from talking about how great the NCAA tournament is, um, we're going to kind of celebrate the NCAA basketball tournament with our own Some Like It Pop Bracket. You know, We've been doing this podcast now since September, but really in earnest since January when we started streaming on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And we've been really kind of blown away with the fact that anybody listens to what we're saying. So we want to kind of spread our love for TV and film and also give back to... The crazy people like you that are listening. So we are doing our own bracket to crown a champion of the best TV show or movie of the past two decades. And how this will work is Jen has taken the 90s. She will have one region of 90s TV shows. She will have one region of 90s movies. I've done the the 20 aughts. So I've got a region of TV shows from the 2000s, just 2000 through 2009, and then uh, same thing with, with movies. They will feed in, we'll do a bracket, and we'll eventually crown a winner. We will be selecting the winners based on Twitter poll votes. You're saying, well, who do we follow? Do we follow Jen's Twitter or Matt's Twitter? Well, one, you should follow both, but we now have our own Some Like It Pop Twitter feed, Um, And it is SLIP Podcast. Some random British party company has some like it pop. So we are SLIP Podcast. So follow us on Twitter. And starting with the first games today at noon... We will put up our brackets so you can follow along. Any day that there's a, a, an NCAA basketball tournament game, we will be running our bracket along with it. So follow along and vote. Jen and I are going to go through the seedings and the matchups. If you think you know who the winner is going to be, tweet at SLIP Podcast before midnight on Friday night. And if you pick the eventual winner, we will send you a prize package. What that means is I'm going to look around my office for any promotional things that I have not opened, and I'm going to put them in a box, and I'm going to send them to you. So if multiple people pick the winner, I'll do I'll pick one of those from random. This is just kind of our way to tell you, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. The prizes aren't going to be that good. But neither are we. Neither. Oh, well done. Well done. I, I. This one thing that I know for sure is going to be in there. Is this week, I got a random package of kind of promotional materials for the movie Spotlight. I didn't get the DVD, but one thing I got was the uh, was the soundtrack on cassette tape. So that will be in there. So if you want this the the Spotlight soundtrack on cassette tape, definitely send us who you think is going to win this bracket. Okay, Jen. Take us through your '90s TV matchups, and if there was, let us know how. Because we we didn't really pick necessarily a specific way to do the seedings or to pick the selections, so we kind of left that up to to ourselves individually. So, what was your methodology, and and what are your what are your matchups?
1: Well, I um, as we had previously, just, just for full disclosure, we are going off of the year they premiered. Yes. yes. So it's not necessarily, uh, for instance, if a show premiered in 1999, you might think of it as a a 2000s show, but we're going off the premiere. So that's the parameter. Um, So I list them in order from 1 to 16 just based on my like. I think that they're indicative of the decade. They're not necessarily the most popular or my favorites, but this is the list I came up with. Argue with me all you want, as usual. (laughs) Number 16, Beavis and Butthead. Um, like it or not, I feel like it's very indicative of that decade. Um, number 15, Blossom. That's for you, all you Genevon Oy fans out yeah, there. Yeah,
0: you know I'm a, <laughs> I am ai am definitely a Genevon Oy fan. There is one episode, where, Never, I won't go into it, that will reveal way too much about me. But yes, yeah, big Genevon Oy fan. Yeah. Uh,
1: number 14, Sex in the City, which I do not like at all, but again, indicative. It's the 90s. Number, it's the 90s. Number 13 Ally McBeal, which I fell in love with because they started incorporating a lot of musical numbers and <laughs> I is. just really enjoyed them. Yeah. Um number 12 South Park, as it's that's when it began. Number 11 The Creek because in college we watched it and we hated Dawson, so it's really Dawson's Creek, <laughs> but we called it The Creek.
0: I really when you first said that I I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> I th- I thought it was one of your Fancy shows that is way too artsy for me that I don't get. But, uh, okay, (laughs) Dawson's Dawson's Creek, I understand, yes.
1: AC forever. Number 10, Freaks and Geeks. Number 9, My So-Called Life, because Jordan Catalano shaped everything that I wanted in a boyfriend, and probably why I still don't have one. Number (laughs) 8, The X-Files. Number 7, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Number six, The Sopranos, and that's a great example of something that premiered in 99, but I think of it as a 2000s show. But, you know, number five, one of my all-time favorites, friends, still watch it every night. Number four, my absolute all-time favorite, Twin Peaks. It was only on for two years, but man, did that really kick off the 90s in high gear for me. Number three, Beverly Hills 90210, which is kind of another love it or hate it. It really, if you want to look at a, get a glimpse of style in the 90s, that's your go-to. Uh, number two, I have Seinfeld, which really needs no explanation. And for me, number one would be oh, uh, okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, again, this is just me. I know that plenty of people would argue with me, and that's totally fine, Um but I think we're going to seed it so it's 1 versus 16. So, for instance, it would be Buffy versus Beavis, which just makes me laugh. Um, Seinfeld versus Blossom. and 90210 versus Sex and the City. Twin Peaks versus Ally McBeal. Friends versus South Park. Sopranos versus The Creek. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus Freaks and Geeks. The X-Files versus My So-Called Life.
0: Okay, good. Really, it's right. really
1: bizarre, but, you know, we're just having fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my TV regions. What I did was, as I tried to kind of merge, like the critical success, the popular success, and then I, if you know, if you watch the the NCAA tournament, there's a lot of storylines that weave through it. So even though the, the the selection committee says they don't really care about storylines, they're always there. So I decided to put some storylines in my seedings. So in in my TV region, number one, the wire. Is that they're the number one seed? They'll be taking on a young upstart show that also has a a crime element. Veronica Mars.
1: Oh, I should have known, Rob Rob Thomas.
0: Yeah, and it's it, it, I think Veronica Mars for all of the marshmallow support that it's endeared over the years, it deserves to be a number sixteen seed in the two fifteen matchup. Um, I did Mad Men versus Thirty Rock since John Hamm has a, a good working relationship with Tina Fey. In the three versus 14, number three seed is Sons of Anarchy. Number 14 is House, technically House M.D., but no no one ever mentions the M.D. part of that. The next round is the fourth seeded Deadwood versus number 1324. Not 1324, the show 24 is the 13th seed in this bracket. The number five seed is Arrested Development, and that will take on number 12 seed Curb Your Enthusiasm. The sixth seed is Modern Family versus Number eleven The Big Bang Theory. Number seven, a show that I, I legitimately know that you love Jen, because you have it tattooed on your body. Lost <laughs> Lost versus the number ten seed Firefly. Feel like there's a some connective DNA there. And then the eight nine matchup is another crime and punishment one with number eight the shield and number nine prison break.
1: Mm-hmm. And 8-9 matchups are always really good games, so that's a, that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. Here's the rule of thumb in any 8-9 game in the NCAA tournament. Always pick number 9 always. because most people will just pick number 8 because it's the higher seed. But even if you... Even if you don't win the nine game, they're going to lose in the next round to the number one seed almost every time anyway. So you might as well pick the upset.
1: I'm always a, a big fan of the 5-12s and the 6-11s. Yeah, you see some really, really good upsets there, too.
0: Yeah, there's always a 5 that loses to a 12 in the NCAA tournament. There's at least one every year. So you've got to figure out which one is the best one. All right, Jen, so let's go to your movie region. You are in the 90s movie region. What is your matchups there?
1: And this was really hard. I had <laughs> narrowing it down to 16 movies that are indicative of the 90s. It was torture. Um, for the one sixteen I have Pulp Fiction versus Train Spotting. For 2 15, I have Clueless versus Pretty Woman. For 3 14, I have Fargo versus Toy Story, which just amuses <laughs> me to no <laughs> end. I like that Uh, 4, 13, I have Goodfellas Versus The Shawshank Redemption Number 5 I have Groundhog Day Versus number 12, Silence of the Lands Uh, I love it 6, 11 I have The Matrix Versus Boys in the Hood Uh, 7, I have The Big Lebowski Versus Home Alone And finally I have Fight Club Versus Scream for the 8-9 matchup
0: I like it. Those are good. I think that's a good representation uh, of the 90s. I like that. All right. So mine, again, are from 2000 to 2009. This number one seed in this region, it's just one movie technically, but I'm giving it for the entire set of movies. The number one seed is The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I couldn't possibly pick one. I honestly did not see a single one of them. Uh, That's just me. I couldn't care less about Elves. My brother actually took a class on Tolkien in college so he loves them I don't understand them I don't care but they are the number 1 seed for for many many reasons They'll be facing off a another underdog in the 16th seed called Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon uh, the number 2 seed is the Dark Knight they uh, that will be taking on the number 15 seed Iron Man The number 3 seed will be the uh, will be Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless mm-hmm. Mind and that will take on the 14th seed Little Miss Sunshine which is also a very much an underdog story. Uh, number four is The Departed, which will be taking on the number thirteen seed, Five Hundred Days of Summer. The fifth seed is Memento, will be taking on number twelve Gladiator. Number six, Finding Nemo, will be taking on number eleven Up. Number seven, No Country for Old Men, will be taking on number ten There Will Be Blood, and number eight, Shaun of the Dead, will be taking on number nine Slumdog Millionaire. So again, I tried to. Mix, cultural appreciation, public appreciation, and then just what I like. So, Jen, are those picks okay? Are you going to argue with me on any of those?
1: No, I, I enjoy those. It, it was literally giving me a list of like, I haven't watched that in a while. <laughs> Except for, with the exception of Lord of the Rings, I understand your justification, but I did sit through them and regret it.
0: <laughs> no, I just, so. it's no interest to in me. The, the The whole fantasy Yeah, it's world beyond thing, me. I don't get it. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we have that in common. I feel like we've bonded more tonight after that. No, let's not get crazy. Again, follow us on Twitter. Our new Twitter account is S L I P Podcast. We'll be starting these matchups beginning right at noon, and then we'll be going through all of Thursday, all of Friday for the first round. Remember, if you want to enter our contest for the really spectacular prizes like the spotlight soundtrack cassette tape. Uh, There'll be others. There'll be some playbills in there. There'll be a a book or two. There'll be a DVD or something. So I'll I'll make it worth your while. Remember to get your entry in by Friday at midnight Eastern time. And then we'll start with a second round on Saturday and Sunday. We'll take a break. Then on the following Thursday, we'll start again with the Sweet 16 and go from there. So, Jen, happy holidays. Happy NCAA tournament. Happy March Madness. I'm excited. I, I feel like it's Christmas morning. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep, but uh, but I'm very <laughs> excited for noon and for for noon's tip off.
1: What can I ask? Um, do you have any idea who you're gonna to pick to win the actual tournament?
0: I don't know if I want to share this before before the brackets are locked in. Uh, on... mine
1: are mine are all locked in, so
0: okay. I will probably be going with a bit of a homer pick and going with the Michigan State Spartans.
1: That is who I picked as well.
0: There you go. Like I said, I didn't watch a whole lot of college basketball this year, but when I did, it was Ohio State. So I saw a lot more of the Big Ten than I saw of a lot of other places when I, than when I normally watch a, a lot of college basketball. So I've got them up high. My philosophy in, in seeding a, a bracket is to go chalk, uh, which means you just take the favorites because – History tells you the favorites win most of the time. And then you kind of sprinkle in some upsets there if you've got a, a good feeling about someone or if you've seen a team often throughout the year and think they're under So I tend to stick with the higher seeds. But I'll probably uh, go with Kansas, uh, Michigan State. Your North Carolina Tar Heels are are, are really yeah. good this year. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm Like I said, I still have some weighing to do. But uh, I'll probably go with Sparty.
1: I um I will say that I love winning the brackets because anything I can do to annoy my brothers, you know, is, is the number one priority. <laughs> but I will always, always root for the underdogs and the upsets. And if some nine seed VCU comes out of nowhere and goes to the final championship, I am on board.
0: Yeah, no, I want to win.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that speaks volumes.
0: It does. I have no soul. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Broadway World's Some Like It Pop podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SLIP podcast in order to vote in our 90s and aughts TV and movie bracket challenge. And remember, if you tweet us the eventual winner before Friday at midnight Eastern Time, you could win a wonderful prize pack filled with stuff laying around my office. We will be back next week when we will count down our top 10 favorite best picture winners of all time. So make sure that you are subscribed to Some Like It Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play so you'll get that episode as soon as it's available. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Broadway Radio on iTunes and Stitcher, where we are in the final stages of Today on Broadway, a daily 10 ish minute theater news podcast that'll get your day started on the right foot. So, for Jennifer McHugh, I'm Matt Tamanini, and we'll see you around the Broadway world.